Amen. All right. Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went, came into an harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. Go down to verse 17. The men said unto her, We're going to be blameless of our oath. You made us promise. So when we come into the land, when we get back to the city of Jericho, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread, this red rope in the window, which thou let us down by. Here is a, here's a value we cannot lose. Bring your father your mother, your brethren, all your father's household, cousins, aunts, uncles, in-laws, outlaws, everybody, and bring them home to you. And it shall be that whosoever, I want to say whosoever, whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street. Now, little deductive reasoning stands as a polar to this. If anyone goes out, they die. But whoever goes in, they live. His blood will be on his head. We'll be guiltless. If you go out, whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head if if anything happens to him because he's safe in this house. So I preach today this word, the distinctive house. The distinctive house. Amen. Everybody said amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it. Let the seed be sown. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we say. Everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them how wonderful they are today. Say something nice to somebody close. Something good. Something good. Thank you. Uh, Perhaps a little context for this first Sunday. I have a ways to go here. I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit to do so. So if you will, we'll just walk to that place. I'm really here to plant a seed. It's a question I cannot answer, but but for myself only. So if the Lord will help me, we'll get there. Here is the scripture for us. It is a new day in the life of the children of Israel. Moses has effectively, incredibly, and with great dignity turned the leadership over without remorse or even self-reflection which is a very difficult thing to do and rare Joshua has taken it the promise of the land that flows with milk and honey perhaps could be seen from where they're standing the 
people of Israel are about to cross over yet another barrier on their way to God's fulfilled word. It seems that all significant things have found their way through the Jordan River. There's something about that water that resonates throughout the entirety of the scripture. I'll leave it, however, for another day. Israel will have crossed over twice, once at the Red Sea and now at the Jordan River. The first time was pivotal. The Red Sea gave witness to every other barrier that they would ever face. The Red Sea, that glaring and obvious obstacle that faced a weak nation, combined with the billows of dust rising from the Pharaoh's army that pursued them from behind them. I say to someone here even now, if you have made it one time with the help of God through a difficult and impossible moment in your life and you now face anything else or something else, remember what God did for you then. He is no less powerful to bring you through it now. The Red Sea was impossible. It, but when you make it over, it makes everything else doable. Locations change. Problems differ. But there is a witness anywhere you go when there's something in your history and it must serve as a hope for your present. I'll ask the question, is there anything too great for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too impossible for God? Mm-hmm. Let's move on. I want to stay right there, but I have to walk. Moses led them the first time, but now Joshua has been given the task to traverse the swelling Jordan River. Moses had a staff and God was in it. Joshua had the Ark of the Covenant and God was in that. So whether you have a dried up piece of wood or an overlaid box of gold, the difference is always the Lord. They brought the... the the Ark of the Covenant, and stood in the middle of the Jordan River, and everything changed. I say today, don't get too caught up in your talent, or your ability, or your gifting, or your know-how. Don't think too highly, and don't think too lowly about what God has put in your hand. Just pray, and allow Him to be in it. I wish somebody could hear all these things I'm saying today. The only variable that will ever matter is whether God is in what you're doing. The only difference that will ever make a difference is whether God is in it. If it's of God, it'll never fail. It don't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter what the odds are. If God is in it. People have confidence in things that they have. Don't have confidence in that. Have confidence in God. Don't compare what you have. If you have a dried up stick or you have gold in your hand, if God is in it, it's all the same. As Gamelia, a doctor of the law, once said in Acts 5, but if, God, but if it be of God, you won't be able to stop it. Mm-hmm. Joshua has the talent to lead and he has the know-how. He has the task of guiding another generation. It's the river that he faces. And I wish we could see it for what it was, a rite of passage perhaps, a signal of leadership, a now seasoned leader in Joshua, the servant of Moses, the keeper of the faith, a warrior and so much more. He's facing his own obstacle, his own impossible obstacle. Joshua needed Jordan. He needed it. 
He needed Jordan more than we possibly can know. The Red Sea did not prove him. It proved Moses. Joshua might have rejoiced the moment that Moses delivered them. But the victories of the former generation are never the same as the triumphs of your own time. I know that. I feel that in my life. I've witnessed it. I love the stories of my parents and of all the people that came before me. I love all of that. We've rejoiced over that. It gives me confidence. But I've got to have my own victory in my own life. You have to have your own. You can't live off my testimony. You have to have your own victory of your, how you overcame. How God brought you through. Besides, the people of Israel needed to see Joshua lead them. They had to see that. Many of them had, had been born in the wilderness. They were not there at the Red Sea. They needed to see Joshua hear from God and move in faith. And to that end, they saw him face at least two immediate obstacles which required a spiritual direction. The water of Jericho and the wall, I'm sorry, the water of Jordan and the walls of Jericho. Both resisted him. Both spoke of an impasse. Both needed to be addressed by supernatural means. And I don't know today if I'm teaching or preaching, but if you can solve all of your problems without prayer and a word from God, then you're probably not being resisted by the devil. I'll even go farther than that. If you can solve all your problems without God, without prayer, you're probably not even saved. I don't think the devil resists the people that are lost. He resists the people that are blood-bought, washed in the blood, saved by the name. I don't know where everyone else is living, but I can't make it without the Lord. I can't make it without God. My obstacles are spiritual obstacles. I'm not wrestling with this world. I'm wrestling with a spiritual battle. Jordan and Jericho were physical obstacles that demanded a spiritual direction from the Lord, a divine intervention. The flowing water opposed their entry and the towering walls opposed their faith. One was a closed door of natural means and the other was a barrier of man-made measures. Both were daunting, both were limiting by design and yet Joshua was pressed to lead the people through them. His most notable priority was to get all the people into the land of promise. And it makes me pause to consider That God's promises, though profound and wonderful, seem to always include my obedience to them. As Brother Barber just stood here and said, come, let's pray. Faith is good, but your works, something's got to happen with your faith. You cannot just have faith, you have to do something with it. Joshua, of course, you know he's wise now. He was the spy Joshua was one of the 12 spies. He knows the value of a good report. I submit that he was careful when he chose to to spy out Jericho. He was cautious. He was discriminate. His leadership team had to be more than just logical pragmatists. They had to believe in God's word. It's just my assumption that he picked Men with a positive spirit. Forty years of living in someone else's doubt is time enough to destroy an entire generation of would-be believers. I'm going to ask somebody here today, how long are you going to live in the false report of somebody else? 
I refuse to live in the doubt of my brother. I love my brother, but I got brothers and I got sisters in the Lord. They have given false reports of doubt, of insecurity. Don't live in that. It'll kill you and your children. I'm not even where I need to be today. I'm trying to get there. I just want to say every word of the Lord is true. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Not power, not things, not the world. I'm going to put my faith in God. Here's Hebrews 13. Let's boldly declare, the Lord is my helper. Come on, say it with me. The Lord is my helper. Come on, say it. The Lord is my helper. How about three times? The Lord is my helper. Come on, let that sink deep into your brain. Memorize that. The Lord is my helper. Let's just memorize a little scripture here today. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Every time you get up against a problem and a wall and an impasse, you say it. The Lord is my helper. If a thousand stand with you or a thousand oppose you, if everybody stands against you, you say the Lord is my helper. If everybody is with you, you still say the Lord is my helper. If you got strength or you are weak, the Lord is my helper. Uh, I'm tired of living under the false report of faithless friends. And I say today, you don't have to believe everything you hear. Just because someone wrote it on the internet does not make it true. People can write anything. They can be profound writers and logical and still lie. Think of this now. Joshua knows the challenges of Jericho. He's careful in his approach. He's got two men to spy out the inner city, the layout. But when they arrive, they are immediately under scrutiny. They're in danger. The spies of Joshua, they need a little help from somebody. Of all the people to help them, it was a harlot, Rahab. She has a bad reputation. But she's going to cover them. And the reason why she did it is because she had heard of the children of Israel. The God of Israel. She believed the things that they said. She believed that the God of Israel had all the power. Too bad Israel didn't always believe that. The news of God's proceeding power moved her. And by virtue of her fear of the Lord, she saved the spies from being caught. When they concluded their report in the lay of the land... The Bible tells us that Rahab kept her word in hiding them. She did not turn them in and they will leave Jericho intact. But before they leave, it's Rahab who inquires about the future. She asks, what about me and my family? I like the word in Joshua 2.12. She said, now then please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. And they said, Take this red rope, this scarlet thread, and hang it out of your window. We're coming back. 
and it shall be, verse 19, that whosoever shall go out of these doors into the street, they're going to die. That's not on us, but whoever is with you, they're going to be okay. This whole thing's coming down. No one knows how, but Jericho is going to be destroyed. Rahab believed it. Israel will conquer it. Structures are certain to fall, so keep everyone in your house. And we know that her house was built in the side of the wall of Jericho. If the walls come down, so does her house. As all those who built their values in the world. But they said, we will promise you, when we see the scarlet rope, you're going to live. Her house was built on a poor value system in a wall that was sure to crumble. The only thing that's going to save her is the sign of a scarlet rope. And the day came when the priest blew the ram's horn and the children of Israel had finally marched their seventh time around on the seventh day and the people shouted with a great shout and the walls crumbled and Israel overtook the city and by the time it was done all the place was destroyed but at the time of her con- con- her conversation none of them could comprehend what was going to happen Rahab could not possibly fathom the great walls of Jericho crumbling into the dust All of it was out of her purview. All of it was beyond their own comprehension. How it would happen. When it would happen. So the spies simply said, bring your father, your mother, gather all your brothers, your extended members, your family. In fact, don't leave anyone in the house, whosoever, watch it now. Bring them in the house and the house will be identified by a scarlet thread. And anyone in that house under the scarlet thread will be saved. It was no doubt a remnant of the blood 40 years prior. No one could imagine that day either. The awesome and terrifying hand of God's wrath. Israel had seen it a generation ago after nine plagues failed to move a hardened heart of Pharaoh. God's tenth plague was an angel of death. And Moses gave the instruction to the people. He said, take a lamb, kill the lamb, cook the lamb, go inside, eat the whole lamb, take its blood, put the blood on the outer doorpost of your homes and stay inside. Here's Exodus 12. Take a bunch of his up dip it into the blood in the basin put some of the blood on the top and on the sides of the door frame not one of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning watch this when the lord goes through the land to strike down the egyptians he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame and he will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down bring your family gather your friends Moses said be ready be dressed be prepared get inside safety is in the house and it's guaranteed by the blood and both moments are going to make it clear whosoever is in the house Covered by the blood, family, father, mother, sons, daughters, brethren, which often implies extended family or friends, just get inside. Are you ready for this? Just get inside. They were not required to understand the moment in order to be saved. They just had to be obedient to the command. They did not have to see it clearly. They did not have to know how it was going to happen. They did not have to have a profound comprehension. It was not necessary. Just be obedient 
to what Moses told you to do. Just be obedient, hang that scarlet rope, and follow the plan of Joshua's favored men. And if you want more to be saved, gather them, get inside in the morning when the sun rises, everybody's going to know. But in the evening, you just got to be obedient in the evening. In the morning, you're going to know. In the sweet by and by, you're going to know why every time you got up and you served God, in the morning, you're going to understand all the things you're going through. Now, you're looking through a glass darkly, but one day you're going to see him face to face. Now, you don't understand what's going on, but one day, yeah. That's why we used to sing in the morning, when I rise in the morning. When I rise in the morning, when I rise in the morning, when I rise, I'm going to see Jesus. 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 When I rise, I want to live holy. I've got to be holy when I rise. Oh, I've got to be holy when I rise. Hey, I've got to be holy when I rise. Because there's going to come a day when you're going to rise and you're going to know what you're going through now. In the morning, you're going to know. I'm not telling you you shouldn't learn. I'm not telling you shouldn't study. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Who can understand his wisdom? It's far past finding out. Who has been his counselor? Who has helped God? No, no, no. I'm going to be obedient. Gather everybody in your house. Jesus didn't tell them to look for the good people or the rich people. He wasn't seeking for the well-educated or the connected people. If you got Nicodemus, great. I'm glad. Joseph of Arimathea, he's got money, great. But we'll take the leper, we'll take blind Bartimaeus, we'll take the Syrophoenician woman, we'll take Mary Magdalene. We'll take everybody with a bad reputation. We'll take everybody with a good reputation. And we're going to get him in the house. They don't have to understand everything that's got to get under the blood. Mm. Brings me to this pivotal point in my life and in yours. I ask you. Tell me. What makes your house different from every other house in your neighborhood? What makes your place, if you got 2,000 square feet or you live in an 8 by 10 efficiency bedroom? We had a friend years ago who lived in Columbus, Ohio, and she had an efficiency bedroom. When you walked in, there was a little stove, two burners, and a microwave and a sink. It was a small stackable washer dryer. All the plumbing was right there. And then a small restroom with a shower and a little area. The, the sink in the bathroom was just real small. No, be, no bed, no bedroom. That was the table there. Two chairs. <laughs> and we said, where's the bed? She said, it's in the wall. Watch this. 
doubled as a couch. <laughs> People are building tiny houses. Some of those tiny houses cost $90,000. I read where one cost $130,000 for a tiny house. Tiny house. I ain't that big, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm too big for the tiny house. <laughs> I like to go to the other room. Come on, can I get a witness? In a tiny house, when you go from one room to the other, I want to know what makes your house different than every other house in your neighborhood. I'm not talking about the church, I'm talking about your house. What makes your house? Who can be safe in your house? What covers your house? Because uh-huh. whatever this place is, it's just made up of your house. In fact, these walls have no value except what happens in your house. I'll just go a step further. The value of this house is based upon the value of your house. And the values of this house are rooted in the values of your house. And if your house becomes distinctive, this house becomes a house of purpose. (laughs) The question provokes me. The Bible said it like this, and I read from the Bible. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And when Herod saw how much the murder of James pleased the people, he arrested Peter and prepared to kill him also. Herod was intending to kill Peter on Easter, so says your Bible. They took a sword and rammed it through the belly of James. And the people clapped. And Herod was so glad that they loved that, that he intended to do the same thing with Peter, so he had him arrested. And they put Peter in an inner prison and they seized him and bound him with two chains and shackled him in between two soldiers. Sentries stood guard at the gates and darkness enveloped the lot of them. But in the night, here it is, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and light shone on the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, an angel there. Quick, get up, the angel said. The chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said, and put on your clothes, your sandals. And the angel led Peter out of the prison. The guard keepers were fast asleep and Peter thinks he's dreaming. Here's the Bible. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing. Was really He didn't even know what was happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed through the first and then the second guards and then came to the iron gate that to the city it opened for them by itself and they went through it and when they had walked the length of one street suddenly the angel left him the angel leads him out it leaves him in the street no lights no guide no one to welcome him it took a moment for peter to come to himself it took a moment for him to realize the angel of the lord has set me free now i know he said Now I know for certainty that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews who would have cheered my death. He's free, but he has no place to go. Where are you going to go? It's dark. What place are you going to go to? The hour is late. The enemy is going to come to call. Where am I going to go? Here's your Bible. He's going to the house of John Mark's mother. Why? What makes her house different from every other house in Jerusalem? What sets her house apart at midnight? 
It's dark. There's no light. There's no street lights. But ahead, Peter knows of a distinctive house. There's a house marked by prayer. It's John Mother's house. And that house was the house that, that had an expectation because Peter knew if I ever get out of here and I don't know where to go, I know one house, no matter night or day, I know if I can get to that house, there's a covering in that house because it has a mark on it. I'm asking all the church, what makes your house different? What are you doing in the morning, in the afternoon, and the evening? Is the Bible ever allowed in your home? Is the word of God ever spoken out of your home? Is there any prayer in your home? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. We went to a house. It, wasn't, it was last year. I believe it was last year. I kind of lose my memory now. 52. <laughs> Might have been the year before. Seems like yesterday. But we went, walked through, and in the background... The glowing television had Maury Povich. You are not the father's baby. Okay. What, what, what makes your house different? Where did Jesus go? Obedinim had the Ark of the Covenant for three months. The Bible says everything in his house was blessed. Everything in his house was magnified. All of his household, all the sheep, flocks, oxen, children, everybody was doing good. You know why? Because the Ark of the Covenant took up resident in the living room. And one glowing box turns off and another glowing box opens up. It's dark. Peter has a decision to make. Because in the darkness, something can still shine. And there it is. Rahab is huddling. The walls are crumbling. Crumbling possibly into powder. All of that came down. And when they entered, something about her house built into that wall. It stood. It said something that scarlet rope was a covenant between the men of Israel, the God of Israel, and anyone who obeyed the word. But it was even more than that. It was the ordained, divine hand of God wrought in the heavenlies, guarded by the hand of the Most High God. Hear me. They did not understand anything. All they had was obedience, submission, and the fear of the Lord. That's it. That's all they had. Even Israel had nothing more than obedience and the fear of the Lord. They'd already seen nine plagues. And Moses said, I want you to do this. No one had ever done that before. No one had ever put blood on the doorpost. No one had ever gone into their home, ate the whole lamb, everything. Cook it all, eat everything and don't go out. Come on, you know anticipation, how people like to know. They want to know. The angel of the Lord said, hey, listen, Lot, you and your wife, two daughters, run, don't look back. Lot's wife turned back to look because people like to look. Some of you knew what you were going to get for Christmas because you looked. You knew. You looked. And then you got the tape out and you retaped it. You looked. My mother gets so excited, she can't even stand it. She buys the present and then she says, do you want me to tell you what I got you? 
No, we do not want you to tell. Let me just tell you one, one of them. No, let it be a surprise. We've been fighting this battle all of our life. Well, she would give us hints and we would cry and say, Mom, please, we want to be surprised. This year, she wrote our name and then wrote on the tag what it was. My husband, red sweater. That's what happened. Why even wrap up the present? Anticipation. People want to know. Here's what Moses said. Get in the house. Stay in the house. Don't leave. That is, that is a command that people want to argue with. God says, this is what I want you to do. Well, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell you something. If God says it, don't argue with it. He knows what's about to happen. You don't know. So let your roof be the roof of obedience and your walls be the protection of submission and your door be closed with the fear of the Lord. You're going to understand it, but it's not going to be now. Just get in the house. You don't even understand. I don't even understand everything about the blood, but I know it's an atoning blood. I know it's a healing blood. I know it's a resurrection blood. I don't know why God said it, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission because the life of the body is in the blood. All I know is that he chose blood. Now, I like the end of the story because I listened to Paul Harvey. Because Rahab was a harlot. But she's not going to stay in that profession any longer. She's going to leave the remnant of Jericho behind. And she's going to make her way into one, one of God's chosen people. <laughs> the house is a house of repentance. Not of understanding. Jesus said, repent or all likewise perish. But they were not saved. Because Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Peter wasn't converted until he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> he was just being obedient until he was born again of the water and the spirit. Make no mistake now. Rahab did not grow up as a Hebrew girl. She didn't know all the traditions or the customs. She didn't understand and never heard of the law of Moses or how to conduct herself as a lady. But now she's going to become one of God's chosen people. Israel didn't know anything when the death angel passed over. Fifty days later, they got the law. They were delivered through obedience. They were brought out but they weren't brought in. Don't stop in your walk with God. You got a lot more to learn. I've got a lot more to learn. I, I'm here through a repentance because I was obedient. I have to repent and turn away. But I still don't know how to get in yet. She didn't grow up as a Hebrew girl. She didn't know anything about their history. She did not know what they went through. She wasn't part of those people. But she got into the family and got grafted in and so did her house because there was a sign of blood and there was obedience. She was not the daughter of Abraham, ladies and gentlemen, but she was the ancestor of Jesus.
are not the children of Abraham, but we are the we are in the body and the bride of Jesus Christ. Let me just read it to you in the book. Matthew chapter 1. Here's Matthew chapter 1. Salmon had, was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. Here's Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. This is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Let me go back. Rahab, she was the mother of Boaz. Let me just tell you, she got in the vine. Why? Because she was obedient and submissive and had a distinctive house. If you want to get in, you got to be submissive and you got to have a distinctive house. You can get out, but you got to get in. You can get out, but you got to make it over. You can get into heaven, but first you got to get out of the world. And when you get out of the world, now you got to learn what to do. I'm preaching about a distinctive house because what happens is here is wonderful but if you can get your home and you can start cleaning it out and you can start purging things out of your home it's a good day to purge things out of your home get it out of your mind get it out of your spirit stop arguing with the Bible get committed to the things of God open up a daily Bible go on a one or two day fast make the Lord the sin of your home you don't have to understand everything elder you just got to be obedient. And when you get obedient, the Lord is going to open up the book of the law. I'm almost done. <laughs> First thing, I got to make a commitment. I stay under the cross. And the second thing is, I got to learn the ways of God. Rahab, she don't know Abraham. She don't know him. She's in the middle somewhere. But she's in the line. How could it be that God would graft in a harlot? I'm going to tell you how. Because she was in the house, covered by the blood, and learned the ways of God. I say today, this is not a hard thing to know. It just takes time for us to learn it. That's right. So this year, we're going to learn it. We're going to learn. We're going to get in and learn everything we can. If it's in the Bible, we're going to do it. If it's in the scriptures, we're going to love it. We're going to embrace it. We're going to get our homes in distinctive measures. We want everyone to know there's a light shining at that home. If you want prayer, you go to that house. Everybody who's in trouble... In your neighborhood, in your area, everybody who knows you, they're going to know. If I need help, I'm going to go to their house because I know their house has the Lord in that house. Something about that house. That house can help me. That marriage, that man, that woman can help me. Those people can help me. There's a few, a handful that might come to a church. But a church cannot do what a house can do. A church should be the overspill of the joy and the blessings of the house. The church cannot overspill into the home. 
the home has got to make its way into the church and then the body of Christ convenes and oh what a body of Jesus Christ I'm looking at right now there's power and authority listen some of you don't want to raise your hand about where you came from but I got a word about where you're going you weren't in the lineage but now you're in the family your father was not Abraham but now you're in the you're in the body body and the bride of Jesus Christ you know where you came from and it's a bad place but where you're going there's a great thing in the morning when I rise I want to see Jesus